JP Productions. You are now listening to the Sierra Unraveled podcast. This space was created to inspire, to encourage, and to connect all those who have gone through life and managed to stay sane. I mix my own personal drama, (laughs) I mean trauma, mental health, motherhood, domestic violence awareness, spirituality, and a whole lot of Sierra Unraveled. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to another episode of Sierra Unraveled. Today's guest is super dope because her motive behind her latest book is so in line with my mission. I can't even believe I have the privilege to speak with such a talented Midwest gal. She writes in this literary capacity that makes one not want to put the dang book down. And for someone who loves to read but chases a toddler around most of the time, I somehow managed to finish her book in just five days. I honestly probably would have read it in like 24 hours, but you know how life goes. She is the Director of Creative Writing and an Associate Professor of English at Ohio Wesleyan University and teaches annually at the Iowa Summer Writing Festival and the Sitka Fine Arts Camp in Sitka, Alaska. Miss Butcher has refound her strength through writing and advocacy. In the last few years, she is responsible for influencing Google to add 11 female professional empowered emojis with her essay entitled Emoji Feminism. Her latest book, Mother Trucker, is even in the process of being turned into a film, and I strongly believe that this book will become a required reading for all feminist theory courses. I am privileged and blessed to speak with her today. I won't disclose too much of the book because you need to read it yourself if anything regarding women's rights, domestic violence, or faith moves you. But I would like to just begin by quoting Miss Butcher. God's land is a place where women are talking, where they are confiding, and where they are free. Me, Butcher, welcome to Sierra Unraveled. I pronounced your last name right. I should have asked you that first, too. <laughs> you did pronounce it right. Hi, Sierra. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really glad that you're here. Um, so basically, today we'll just be discussing your book. Um, Mother Trucker is a novel written to commemorate the country's only female ice trucker, Joy Weeby, and Amy's experience with her. The book is now fully available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Indie Bound, and I'm sure there's a few others that I'm missing because it's going everywhere. <laughs> it's such a masterpiece in my opinion, and plenty of others have reviewed it noting just the same. So what did your writing process look like? That's a really great question. Um, this book began really as a profile of this individual, Joy Weeby, who is a woman that I found on Instagram of all places. Joy um, was something of a little bit of like an internet celebrity, certainly not on par with like the Kardashians or anything like that, but she had a following of about 11,000 people. um, And she posted photos of her work, which was driving, as you mentioned, she was the only female ice road trucker. So she drove 18 wheelers uh, up the James W. Dalton Highway, which is uh, a road in Northern Alaska. It's 400 miles and it's the deadliest road in America because it's the longest stretch of serviceless road in North America. So no police, no call boxes, no lights, no, you know, no shoulders, no metal guardrails. Um, And you're talking about driving through really wild and unpredictable Alaskan terrain. So initially the book started as an exploration of her. She just seemed incredibly wild and brave and strong and independent and fearless. And those were things 
that at that point in my life, 2018, I felt like the opposite. I was in um, an abusive relationship that was escalating, but of course I didn't yet call it abusive. Um, I think, you know, your work talks about this as well, but I, I used a lot of language that was sort of beginning to feel out my situation. So I would use the word toxic or unhealthy, or I would say that I felt unsafe, but the idea of abuse really didn't come to me because it wasn't the representation of abuse that I think we're so familiar with. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in any case, it, it began as a profile of this woman. I contacted her thinking, you know, you miss every shot that you don't take. And I asked her if I could come shadow her, assuming she would say no. And instead she said, sure. Um, and I bought a plane ticket and flew up to Alaska about two weeks later. And largely it was to profile her, but it was also to sort of escape this relationship that I was in, get some clarity and some distance for myself. Um, and lo and behold, as I'm writing this book about her, as I'm traveling with Joy um, up the Dalton Highway in her truck, as we're talking, um, you know, the idea of why do you do this line of work kept coming up. And increasingly, Joy wanted to make it clear that situations in her own life with men had led her to wanting to do this drive because it, it got her out of the house and it paid quite a bit of money. And when we're talking about a woman who is either leaving or contemplating leaving or has had experience having to leave an abusive relationship, obviously that ability to provide for herself and her dependent daughter um, was at the forefront. So the book began as sort of one thing, a profile of this woman, and it kind of blossomed into a larger discussion about the things that women so often do or feel a need to do in order to provide safety um, for themselves and, and their dependents. Did you start writing after, like, were you writing while you were on the trip with her or did you not start writing until after she had passed? Because I imagine you had to grieve at some point during all of this. Yeah, that's a really great question. I mean, I, I certainly never expected that um, I would start this book and Joy would die. And, and that's actually exactly what happened. Um, we did the trip in April of 2018. I was taking extensive notes the entire trip. I was um, at times recording things, um, taking a lot of photographs, but again, like still thinking of this book largely as a conversation about Joy's line of work and strong women and why women so often need to do things that might put themselves at danger or at risk. Um, I returned from that trip uh, at the end of April 2018 and began writing and I had about 80 to 100 pages um, within three months and, you know, showed those to Joy and she was excited about them. Um, but there were still some necessary conversations she and I would need to have about, um, you know, certainly she shared stories with me about her abusive partnerships, wanting those to be a part of the book because she felt like, you know, she didn't want to contribute to this facade that she just was like that. And you either are or you are not brave and fearless and, you know, um, independent in that way. She wanted to add to the narrative that there had been experiences that had made her that and, and that she needed to do this line of work out of necessity in many ways. Um, and so I had about 80 to 100 pages. My agent and I sent it out on proposal looking for an editor who might be interested in the project and to help us, um, again, sort of think about uh, structure and, and kind of the nitty gritty, things like that. Um, and actually the same week that we sent it out to publishers, Joy was killed on that road. Um, it is the deadliest road in America. And that was what had drawn me in part to writing about Joy. Um, and I think what's so strange is it was, um, it, she was coming home from a trip up north 
on the Dalton Highway. It was about 35 miles south of Prudhoe Bay, which is the northernmost point. Um, and it was just, it was a really foggy, uh, uh, really early, early, early morning. Um, and her truck, basically, she was riding along the shoulder because of visibility issues. She couldn't see what was coming towards her and was trying to be as safe as possible. And unfortunately, the road in that particular area has been built up. And so her the truck tire essentially sank into the tundra um, and her truck flipped uh, and she was killed instantly. So I had at that point, as I said, about 80 to 100 pages, but had to take the book back um, and kind of substantially revise the vision for what I wanted it to be in the sense that I certainly didn't want this book to be all about her death because there was so much to my relationship with her and there was so much to joy that it would feel like a discredit to simply have the book be about her death. At the same time, I think, again, it speaks to the idea that this was something that she did two to three times a week, putting her body on that road, um, because she felt that great a necessity to be able to be financially independent should she need to leave her second marriage. Um, and in general, I think her, her experience with her first husband, which was in many ways verbally and emotionally abusive, um, she just knew from necessity that she needed to have a way out at all times. And so I didn't want the book to be about that, but I also think it's sort of unavoidable when you talk about the fact that she died so abruptly at 50 years old. Yeah, it's absolutely tragic. Like I'm getting a little worked up just like thinking about it because it's just very unfortunate. And the person that she was just like through reading the book, like you can, I don't know, I related to so much of it. So, so good to read, but it's just, it's just so sad that she's no longer with us. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, honoring her in a lot of ways and honoring her story was really important to me. So I appreciate that that came through. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a pivotal moment that made you want to start sharing like your personal experience with the world, like prior to even starting to write this book and meeting Joy, or it was kind of like after the fact, like this is actually so much bigger than I originally intended. Yeah, thanks. That's a really complicated question. I mean, when I started the book, I had no desire to write about myself at all because I was so embarrassed and ashamed, which I think is so true of so many women. I wanted the book to also cover the fact that like I presented outwardly in the public sphere as like very um, professional, accomplished, like I had my shit together. Um, yeah. I was a young professor. I taught feminist literature classes. Like I... I really fooled, I think, a lot of people, um, not intentionally, but I was so mortified that I was in this relationship with a man who I really loved, um, you know, and, and I do believe that he loved me too, but the fact that he was abusive and, and, you know, emotionally abusive, verbally abusive, and increasingly, you know, using his body to physically intimidate me, which at the time, you know, I kept thinking like, well, he hasn't hit me. So it's not abuse. And I think that's a really dangerous, um, really dangerous line of thinking. And I write about this in the book, but I think in some ways we've created as a society, this idea of a hierarchy of abuse. And if, unless it registers as the absolute, you know, worst thing, um, I think we tend to ignore it or endure it or let it slide. Or I was certainly, um, uh, guilty of thinking that it was temporary and that, he was just going through a difficult phase in his life. He had moved across the country for me. Um, and I kind of chalked it up to like, he's transitioning. Um, I'm out of that relationship obviously now. And I think about that and my line of thinking and it feels ludicrous. 
that anyone would transition with anger and rage and physically intimidating another person into a corner until they begin to shake. I mean, it, it sounds insane, but that's where I was. And so the book began really as a profile of joy, but as she opened up to me about her own situations with male violence and abuse, intimate partner violence, the more that I realized that my story um, sort of served as a compliment because Joy and I were so different in so many ways. Um, and yet here is this thing that was driving both of us to this very moment. Joy was also deeply spiritual, um, which is not something that I share, but she continued to say like, God brought you to me and God wants me to tell, uh, wants you to tell my story. And that's why he, you know, introduced us. And, you know, I didn't believe that, but I, I will say, um, I think the fact that Joy really was able to get through to me um, as I opened up, you know, here's the stranger that owes me nothing. And she's telling me, get out of this relationship. Like I've been you and I know that you think that it's going to get better. Um, and that these two people that you, you know, the kind boyfriend and the cruel boyfriend will eventually merge into just the kind boyfriend. And that's not how this works. Yeah. And so when Joy said that to me, it really scared me. Um, you know, I, I trusted that she had been where I was and she saw a lot of herself in me and wanted better for me. Um, and so essentially I, I flew home and shortly thereafter the relationship ended. Um, not as easily, I think as, as I would have thought, or it's not a movie. I didn't come home and, you know, announce that I was leaving my boyfriend and, you know, everything worked out the way that I think we sometimes think it does. It was more complicated than that, but I got out and I think that's what matters. And um, I owe that to her. And then very shortly thereafter, she died. And yeah. I do think that there's um, that there's a vital part in sharing both of our stories for however different we are, the way in which they were in conversation with one another, I think just speaks to the prevalence of abuse in this country. Yeah. How has your life changed um, since you've released Mother Trucker? Like, it's crazy. Like, you have a film coming out now based off of the book. Like, it's wild. <laughs> it is wild. Yeah. I mean, it's been really, uh, it's been really fantastic. I think, you know, publishing any sort of work like this is really, it makes you feel very vulnerable. Um, and this book is so personal. As I said, like, I never imagined that I would share my own story of abuse. Um but I, I have heard from so many people. I've heard from so many people, um, women who have been in abusive situations, women who are in abusive situations and are for the first time identifying that what they're experiencing is abuse. I think um, that's been the greatest gift of all is to hear from, um, from people that see some aspect of themselves represented in this story um, and, and, you know, reassuring them that, um, that there is uh, something much better out there for them and that this is abuse, even if it doesn't look like, I think, the traditional narrative of abuse. Mm -hmm. um, but I've heard overwhelmingly from women, and that's been so powerful. Um, and it also, I think it's been really like a bomb, you know, four years later for me, um, that I'm not alone in this, which is crushing and devastating. Um, but again, I think speaks to how prevalent intimate partner violences, um, and this idea of all of these women reaching out, primarily women, um, and forming the sense of a community that we are all um, experienced in this. And, and I think that level of support that I think other women have offered one another and that I feel very lucky to offer um, now as well is really, a, it's a fantastic feeling. 
Yeah, it really is. It's so good to do this kind of work. Mm -hmm. um, so what can we do individually to further support this movement? That's a great question. We can listen to your podcast for one. I mean, I, I really think that, you know, one of the things Joy talked about was how women helping women is the most important thing. And I wrote to a certain extent, you know, Joy believed that this highway was where she was closest to God. And I think it's interesting that she felt closest to her God in a place completely separate from anyone else, including men um, and abusers. And for me, I think uh, it's been, as I said, really powerful to talk about, I think, just visibility of what abuse looks like and how abuse often starts and manifests, right? Um, certainly, there are cases where abuse begins at a very high escalation point. But I think increasingly, being aware of those small warning signs of someone who is controlling, someone who isolates you from other people. I think, you know, thinking critically about the way your partner talks to you or treats you. Um, I, I, I feel as if this book, my hope for this book is that it shows um, that abuse takes many forms and that there are many ways um, to abuse another person and none of them are permissible. Um, and all of them, again, are a form of, of oppression and they're unhealthy for women. They're unsafe for women. Um, and as much as possible, you know, I, I want this book to be in conversation with that. Um, I was very aware as I was writing of um, my privilege and frankly, even Joy's privilege that I was able to fly to Alaska and spend time away. Um, I recognize and, and grapple in the book with like the fact that I had that financial security um, and, and specifically even credibility uh, as a upper middle class white woman, I realized that I can, I can say that my partner is abusive and I will be believed, which is not something so many Americans have. Um, so I certainly want to acknowledge that, but I also think to the extent that I'm able to share my story and remind women um, that, that there are many ways that one can abuse another. Um, and again, kind of speaking to that idea of, of seeking help um, in, in whatever ways you're capable of um, is important to me. Were you surprised when you found out that Joy also was in an abusive relationship? I know early on in the book, she had hinted at it. I think she was talking about some, I don't know if it was a preacher or something that, or someone that she really adored. And she was like, she said, the only two things you can leave a marriage are if there's abuse or alcoholism or, um, I can't That's remember right. something like that. <laughs> That's right. She was talking about Dr. Laura, who's like a really kind of controversial, uh, I don't know, person. Um, and I, I, I was laughing because, um, you know, I have since listened to a lot of Dr. Laura and read Dr. Laura, and I don't tend to align with her line with her way of thinking. But yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I was, I was really surprised initially, and then the more that I thought about it, the more it made total sense. Um, I know that much of what I have accomplished has been out of a sense of, again, wanting to be able to provide for myself to the extent that I'm able. Um, and, um, you know, especially in my partnership, like I was always sort of, I, I mean, I very much loved this person and I wanted him to treat me better and to get better himself, but I was always also keeping an eye on how I would escape if I needed to, what that might look like. Um, so it is surprising, right? And yet it's not. When we look at the statistics that one in four women in this country will be, will experience an incident of severe, of severe um, intimate partner violence, um, that's telling, right? Um, and so I think just, just being aware of that research through the project um, has, has made me see the ways in which, you know, it is and isn't surprising. Yeah. 
Well, you made it really clear that you were fascinated with Joy because of what she portrayed on Instagram, a fearless woman with the most perfect adventurous life. She had the strength you wanted to experience yourself and now in this lifetime, although it has come about in a different form, you have also unleashed your true courageous fearless self. You are just as brave and instrumental in other women's lives as Joy was to yours. And I want to sincerely thank you for not just taking the time to be a guest on my show, but also for the work that you have done and are doing for the women in our society. It means so much that you have put this out there and that you are helping change the world. I appreciate you and thank you so much for being on my show. That's so nice. And I should say, I mean, the feeling is very mutual. Um, you know, when I heard about your podcast and I listened to some episodes, I'm blown away by the work that you're doing and the bravery that it takes to share your story and move forward and help other women um, and other victims in general. I always sort of default to women, recognizing that it's far more prevalent in women. Um, uh, but I want to thank you, too, for the work that you're doing and for having me on the show. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. And until next time, my amazing listeners, Stop letting them unravel you because only you can unravel yourself.